Hi guys. <laughs> I said hi guys. They're shit. Okay, right. We'll cut that out. <laughs> no shits either. <laughs> no shits. Yeah. Hi everybody. Welcome. Oh, that was a bit loud. Sorry. Hang on. <clears throat> Professional. Here we go. Hi everybody. Welcome along to the Free Men and Podcast, the podcast where free men share their views and experiences around one main topic, and that topic this week being when things go wrong. Hi guys. How are you doing? Hello, morning, Ricky. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Yes. yes. All right, Alan. How are you? This is exciting, isn't it? No, it's it, very it is. Mm, no, yes. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really <laughs> good. I haven't done a podcast in ages, actually. So we had a podcast in the past. But uh, no, it's exciting to be back recording with you two fine chaps, I hasten to add. We did one last week, Alan, when we recorded the trailer. Yeah, I know, but that's a trailer. <laughs> this is a podcast episode. True, it's a big true. difference. That's true. Uh, well, this is a really good thing, isn't it? The, the concept this week is called When Things Go Wrong. And you two both know my story from a few weeks ago. But have things ever gone wrong for you two? Yeah, massively. <laughs> I think my, my life is a f- life full of mistakes, to be honest. <laughs> I'll let Alan tell his story first, though. There. Well, no, 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 yeah, if you're, if you're, it sounds like your story's going to be, not if this is top trumps, but your story's going to be winning in a top trump styling. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm happy to share my anecdotes on when things have gone wrong. Shall I, um, shall I crack yeah. on? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand that we're all, we are free human beings here, aren't we? That um, when we talk about this, we'll share some tips as well. For, so keep listening to this episode because we'll share some tips about how you can bounce from or bounce forward when things go wrong. So Alan, take it away with the first story. Go for it. Yeah, well, so, well, yeah. And uh, so I have to say, so I, I don't, I am one of those, right. So I'm ridiculously pragmatic to the extent I can be emotional if I need to be, exactly if I need to be, that sums me up, um, you know, and I, I'll have a little cry at the odd film. I think I cried when I watched Wimbledon, if anyone remembers that film off of the late 90s. Kirsten Dunst, Paul Bethany and Kirsten Dunst, yeah, yes, I yeah. did. So that's, that's where I'm at. And, you know, if I'm watching a Disney film with the kids there will be some dust in my eyes um but outside of that can i just ask what is the weirdest film that you've cried at (laughs) um right i don't know that but can i share a very (laughs) right so i have a friend dave and the 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 thing about dave is right i'll save the story about dave for everyone has a friend called dave (laughs) everyone has a friend called dave but it's relevant to the name of this podcast um but dave has a story he's also like that quite emotional he cried at the Warburton's advert when they carried out the burnt loaf of bread, if you remember that. <laughs> so I, I, whatever any of us can come up with, that has to be the weirdest thing that, you know, he's cried, uh, someone, someone's cried out yeah. on TV. Wow. Go on, carry on with your story, Alan. Sorry to interrupt. Well, yeah, but now my story's rubbish, Matt, because yours is clearly <laughs> going to be better. And we've just discussed Dave crying at a Warburton's advert, which is way better. But um, look, so I come from the camp where things don't particularly go wrong in life and business. I, I come from the world of where, you know, there are learnings to be had. And this is not kind of I've sat there and forced this into my head. It's just ingrained in me. I kind of go, oh, well, nothing. You know, you get a story out of it to share. However... I have had things happen which kind of are so far outside of life and business that they do sit there under kind of when things go wrong. And I have two particular examples. <laughs> and oh boy, I did I escape. So um, in a previous business, we had to go and buy a trailer. And uh, we are driving down the A34 in a black van with a twin axle flatbed trailer behind us. And as we're driving along, all of a sudden the car got a bit heavy and all the cars around us are honking us and flashing us. <laughs> Two wheels had fallen off the trailer oh, no. on the A34. Now, 
I, I don't know how, but no one got hurt. No car. You know, we've all seen Hollywood when a wheel goes through the windscreen, right? None yeah. of that happened. Everyone got away safe. Apart from I'm now on, there is no hard shoulder on the A34. I'm on the side of the A34 approaching Winchester with a van and a long wheelbase trailer. Emily, my wife, two of the kids <laughs> and my mate Tom. Everyone got a mate called Tom as well? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. 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 I've got a mate yeah. called Tom. <laughs> Everyone's got a mate called Tom. And, and, this is and Top we, Trump's friends. Yeah. I know. And we had to walk to Winnell, if anyone knows Winnell in Winchester, to find somewhere to buy some wheel nuts to put the spare wheel on. We'd found one of the two wheels that had fallen off and then we had to limp back home. So when things go wrong, that's my kind of thought of when things go wrong. Did you not check the trailer before you drove off? Matt, that is the learning <laughs> from the story. <laughs> so we, we, now we bought, this trailer was second hand, right? And we bought it from this guy near Andover. And um, I grew up in Andover, side story. And no, I didn't check the wheels. He didn't say the wheels were loose. Do you know what I've no, got this image of, Alan? Do you know, have you seen that? Snatch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they drove <laughs> off with a caravan. You like caravans? Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. That's exactly right. Um, and so my other story is very, very similar. So I had an 11 and a half foot solid paddleboard, right? It's on the roof of our van, our family kind of. Depends whether you want to call me a soccer mum or an adventure vehicle. I prefer adventure vehicle, but some people like to say soccer mum. And we're blatting down the M27 at the legal speed limit. And all of a sudden I hear gugung, right? This paddleboard, 11 and a half foot, that's twice the height of me nearly, because I'm six foot two, get whatever. I'm 185, I like modern speak. And this paddleboard <laughs> flies off the roof of the van. I see in the rear view mirror, this 11 and a half foot paddleboard spiraling oh. through the air. Okay. I'm, I'm like, this is after the trailer story. So I'm thinking, I got away lightly at the trailer. This is the next one. And um, no, no one, no one was hurt. So this juggernaut slams its brakes on to not hit this paddleboard. I'm thinking jackknife, pile up, M27, all down to me. Fast and um, furious. You know, <sighs> but the worst thing, ex no, exactly, full on. <laughs> right, the worst thing is... I had to run down the hard shoulder in flip-flops. No one should A, ever be running down the hard shoulder. No one should run in flip-flops because you just, A, you can't do it, and B, no one looks cool running in flip-flops. Fact. So yeah. I'm running up the hard shoulder. There's this juggernaut. The car's all stopping, and I grabbed this paddleboard, went, sorry, mate, ran back down and kind of strapped it back up. And um, I think what had happened, in all fairness, um, just the, the ratchet strap had actually gone on the ratchet part. Um, so it just kind of disconnected and unraveled and gone. Um, but I, I'm really worried because both of them could have been very serious. Well, yeah, and I, yeah. And I kind of get that these things come in three. So now I'm super paranoid when I tow or when I've got something on the roof. So that's my thoughts on when things go wrong, you know. Well, Alan, I do just... hope, and I'm envisioning that you are running down that hard shoulder in your bright yellow I'm Alan Braithwaite t-shirt. I would love to see that Standard. going, who's Standard. Alan Braithwaite? What's he doing yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, no, everyone's in got my name to the guy who yes. caused the, the pile up on the M27. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. can you imagine that, seeing Alan on the news? <laughs> Just massive pile up because of the paddleboard and Alan standing there in his t-shirt. Yeah. I, I oh, mean, yeah. I That's a way to promote the digital circus, Alan. <laughs> Get yeah, on the news. Mm, PR, PR. Digital circus, did you mention that? What no, was that? No, digital circus. Digital circus live, 18th of May. It's our one day. Where... No, come on, stay on track. I'll we need to add, later. every time yes. Alan mentions the digital circus, we need to add a clang sound effect. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
Do we, we need a butter. We need a buzzer. A, a butter. A buzzer. I can't even talk. Come on then. What's You've... your stories? Because that's my. So kind I've got of a sim- I've got a very similar driving story, and I think if we're going, I've got one too as well now, Matt. Because of Alan. If we so go, go, if we go down Matt. the anecdote route, my mate Lee will always show up got, in one of these. I've got a mate called Lee. <laughs> Does everything goes wrong when I'm with Lee? So that's so there's t- there's two driving stories. The first one is I had my very first car, uh, which was a Fiat Panda. Um, do you know, it had a very long gear shift, very, very long, like ridiculously long. Why they didn't just make it like very short, I don't know, because you can, you're, you're a man, so you can reach down. But it was up here. <laughs> so we were driving along, and he had a he had a Nissan Micro. So we're both early twenties, and he has he had the most terrible eyesight. He's now had his eyes lasered, but he had the most terrible eyesight, and he had this image of the Dukes of Hazard. So we're driving down this country lane. <laughs> And I'm, I mean the country lane as in it's just mud. Um, and we're driving down this country lane. And on the side of the road, there are huge boulders. And I mean like huge, like size of a man type boulders. And we're driving along and then there's this massive gap. And I see him swerve to the left. And I say, Lee, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to go through this giant haystack. Do you know like the Dukes of Hazard do? Yeah. Well, now, yeah, but now I've got giant haystacks off of 80s British wrestling in my head as well. So you're driving through giant haystacks. No, it oh, wasn't right, a giant sorry. haystack. He couldn't oh, right. see. It's a massive oh. boulder. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both screaming. I'm screaming at him, Lee, that's not a haystack. He's got, the... for starters, if you drove at a haystack, you're not going to burst through it like no. Dukes of Hazard. You're yeah. just going to smash the front of the car up. Yeah. But he had, he had in his image, in, uh, this image in his head where he was going to drive through this giant haystack. It was going to explode and make some sort of 90s film like episode where we both come out of it at the end and look like, uh, yeah, we both get these two dolly bags. Sorry, Matt, a side yes. question. Is this pre-GoPro and smartphone world? Yes. I mean, if it's, yes. uh, what a shame, because it would yeah. be cool to see a video of this. Yeah. yeah, he didn't hit the boulder because I yanked the steering wheel away, which then spun, and then we ended up in a ditch. But because of the size of the Nissan Micra, and, and this is a story that I always tell, Lee was the first person to ever crash my car. Uh, and put it in a ditch. But because of the size of it, we could just both lift it out and put it back wow. on the road. Wow. But that's what you could do that. in the in the 90s, wasn't it? You could just drive yeah, oh, and just... I had... Um, can we do car? Is it cars? <laughs> I've got a car story. I've got a car story, cars actually. cars as an episode idea. Can I just yeah. say that, yeah. that Fiat Panda, um, I left... And this is what you could also do in the 90s. You could just leave cars on the road and then they just disappear. But my clutch burnt out halfway up a hill and I was trying to drive up the hill in third um, and I just couldn't get, I could, it wouldn't go. Then the clutch seized and then smoke started pouring out. So I just got out of the car, locked it and walked away. And I've never seen that Fiat Panda ever again. <laughs> that was um, the last delayed, time I ever drove it. Wow. Delayed reaction. Did you not say Nissan Micra in that story as well? Yeah, he had a Nissan Micra. I had right, a Fiat okay. Panda. Yeah, he, was it a I, Panda 4x4? Uh, no, I, that wasn't, I, wasn't that, I wasn't that cool. <laughs> when I went for my first car, it was either a Fiat Panda, which my mum wanted me to have because she was funding this this expenditure, or I went to view a car and it was a pink Mini, but with rally lights. Do you know the four rally lights on the front bonnet? Yeah. I wanted the Mini. She got the Fiat Panda. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm not bitter. No, don't hold it against her. God bless her. Well, do you want to hear my car story then when things go wrong yeah. as well? Because it's 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 a very relative episode. I didn't have this scripted at all, Alan, and you've just prompted me to say this, so I love this. Well, so this I is good. A, uh, we should be off script. Uh, that's right, yeah. I had a 
1996 P-Reg Ford Fiesta, the white one, you know, really cool car. It was my first car as a 17-year-old. It had an eight balls of gear stick, little gecko air freshener on the window. Dice. Fantastic. No dice. No, it was classy, mate. Classy, mate. Um, but anyway, there was, a, there was an issue with these Ford Fiestas that the spare wheel was in like a like a metal case underneath the car. And it was just in like a little, like a hat sort of thing. I didn't know this at the time. So me and my friends, we, we thought it was hilarious to go around one of the estates near us with lots of bumps. We thought we'd go over really fast, you know. And uh, lo and behold, my mate, my mate was shouting at me at the car. I went, fuck, oh, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Sparks were coming out of my car. There goes, because... there goes the swear band. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry. We'll have to complete that out. Whatever, whatever. We'll complete that out, yeah. But the, um, yeah, the metal case had dropped onto the floor and sparking. And then my bloody spare tire just rolled out and started rolling down the road. <laughs> so we had to run after it and grab it. I was like, Jesus Christ. But the, the second thing is, well, and it's with this car as well. Like, um, this is something really bad. I'm going to own up to something that I've never owned up to on live podcast to the world. So whoever is listening, if they know this, then I might get in trouble for this. But anyway, when we was like 17, 18, when we were cool, we used to drive around and hang around in McDonald's car parks, you know, playing uh, our music on my uh, CD player and things like that. And there was a time where we were going, uh, we used to park in Summerfield. Do you remember Summerfield? Yes. Yes. Morrison's in our co-op, I right? used to fix oh, their tools in a previous job. Ah, right. Yeah, it used to be Gateways, didn't it? And then it went into Summerfield. And we used to go, it was classy. Uh, we'll meet you at Summerfield Car Park. Yeah, we'll meet you there. And then one time, for some reason, I had to drive off because I had a gig that night. I was going to go see a band play in Peterborough. And um, we were all parked up, and I just decided to reverse really fast. Didn't realise. And as I reversed, there was a parked car behind me. Now, by the way, this is at night time. And I just started reversing really fast. Didn't even look behind me. And went, <laughs> I went, oh, shit, shit. And I reversed so fast that this car, it had its handbrake on, and I'd knocked the car actually up onto the pavement. I was like, oh, shit, shit, shit. and I drove off. <laughs> Now, I know as an adult now that I'd be absolutely furious if that happened to me, right? And I didn't know what to do. I was only 17. I drove Hang on. Off. Can I just say, I've done that as well. I've, oh, you've done that? We've all done that. Yeah. Okay, right. It's a I've, normal I, thing. I, I, I formally declare that I have driven into a car, a parked car, and then driven off. Yeah. Um, I, but I wouldn't do it post 30. No. <laughs> yes, 30, yes, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just well, I smashed the, I smashed their rear light. And Alan, I smashed mine. Alan, I, I don't know if I yes. have. I am sat here. I mean, I mean, I've got some. I've written a lot of cars off in my time, right? Which we can save for the car episode, which I've just made a note of. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I've done that. I'm really trying to think hard, actually. So uh, yeah, my well, my, my crashes ignorant. were a bit yeah. more public. So uh, I, this is the reason now it. why I park my car on the opposite side of the supermarket where there's three mm. spaces and I always park across two. I'm that guy. So that the, nobody it, Do you drive park. a BMW, Matt, as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're yes, all over so those they... Facebook pages, Matt, aren't you? Where yeah. people yeah. complain about that it. That is me. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry, sorry, Ricky, your mid-story. Your mid-story. Yeah, sorry, yeah. So I, um, I, I smashed the, the, rear, mirror, uh, the rear, um, rear light on my driver's side. And I was shit scared, thinking, oh, my God, what is my dad going to say? Furious, you know. And to this day, I've never told him. So if he listens to this, I don't think he will. But if he does listen to this, uh, he's going to find <laughs> out. The next morning, what do you do in that situation? You call your brother. I call my brother. Paul, Paul, you've got to help me out, mate. You've got to help me out. I did something stupid last night. I reversed into a car. I smashed my light. He went, no worries, Rick. No worries, Rick. Just park up the road where mum and dad won't see you. And I'll meet you at the scrapyard. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, at that night, obviously, I um, I parked. I was thinking to this day, my mum and dad have never said, "Rick, you always park there. Why why did you park up there?" And I told them, I think, oh, there was a car parked there, so I couldn't park there. But I'd purposely moved my car about 100 meters up the road, so mum and dad, if they woke up and opened the curtains, they wouldn't see the rear. Anyway, I met my brother, you know, shaking, thinking, oh, what's dad going to do? Dad's going to kill me, you know. And this was the joy. This is how I learned about the, the joys of a scrapyard. He just walked into a scrapyard and said, oh, mate, have you got a uh, P Reg Ford Fiesta rear driver's light? Yeah, here you go, mate, 20 quid. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, mate. And my brother <laughs> got his screwdriver out and fitted it in for me. And then I drove home. And uh, to this day, my mum and dad never knew that. But, but I think one of the things here which we'll connect to is about this thing when things go wrong. The panic and the frustration that happens you running down the hard shoulder alan uh me thinking that i'm gonna die by my dad is is how do you deal with that so when things go wrong how do you deal with that now ricky i i i think this is very profound and it needs thought but i I can't get past the scrap heaps in the 90s scrap yards in the 90s if i'm honest oh it's the 2000s Um, i should say sorry 2000s so uh, can we come back to the question because i I, because what i used to love about going to scrap yards and i have one (laughs) round the corner and it is very very different to what it was back then and um you would walk in with your little toolbox you'd go yeah mate i'll have the light and he'd go whatever 20 quid cash back in the cash days wherever cash was king your toolbox yeah. would have been full of odds and ends that he knew none, none the wiser about but now everything's like scanned in scanned out and it's like how do you do these things anyway yeah, yeah. i do remember I, the days where you used to be able to just because i used to <laughs> again i had a fiesta right and you couldn't open the driver's door because it would fall off. So you had to enter the car <laughs> through the passenger side door. And this was in the days, it passed its MOT, uh, then the door hinges broke like a month later. So I just had 11 months where I knew I had a car and I just saved for the 11 months whilst getting in and out the passenger side. But I went into a scrap heap to try and find a door hinge, but then it involved welding and all that type of stuff. And I just, I just thought, nah, yeah. forget that. Well, I've, I've just this is just reminding me again. I think I've just realised now that this Ford Fiesta was the worst thing in my life. There's one. Can I share one final story? It's a very quick one. About yeah. The last thing I think that happened to me in that car. So if if you remember the days when you had CD players, you had to put in that unit, and then you had a slide-on like cartridge that was the front. So you take it off every day, put it in a case, put it underneath your driver's seat. So if anyone was looking in, they'd say, "Oh, he hasn't got a CD player." That kind of thing, right? And I remember one day I was driving to Argos, I was about 18, driving my mate, we were listening to music really loud, running late, because uh, he, he was a good guy, but he was one of those guys that, that, that smoked the old, you know, the old funny stuff, if you know what I mean. So he was always late, a bit lazy, that kind of thing. And we drove, yeah, this podcast I've just realised is definitely going to be explicit now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's it doesn't a choice. need That's to be right. explicit. Yeah. Um, but so we were running late and we drove to Peterborough. There was a big multi-story car park. And because we were so late, on Sundays you could park for free. And the only space was on a right on the top, right at the top of this multi-story. So we parked up, got to work just in time, did the day, had some fun and giggles and all that. And then at the end of the day we were leaving and uh, we, we were walking out onto the multi-story. And I thought, oh, bloody hell, everyone's gone home. My car's can I just the only say, car left. Can I just say, know? Alan and I should try and guess what happened next. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, Alan, what do you think well, happened next to his car? I, I'm getting real. I've got no idea. So he's on the top of a multi-story, and yeah. he, I, no, I don't know. And please, I'm going like to say that you, I'm going to say that your handbrake failed. <laughs> so it's a bit. I don't know. It wasn't. I don't know if it's as bad as that. Well, I think it's worse than that actually. So I think that we, story yeah. would have been before the other story if it was that bad. Well, we walked out and my car was the only car there because every other car had gone home. And 
I was like, oh, bloody hell, all the cars are gone. And then I looked across and went, that is my car, isn't it? And Gam, my friend, was like, yeah, yeah, it's your car. And I went, there's someone in my car. <laughs> I was like, what? What? And I went, bloody hell, there's, there's, a, there's someone in my bloody car. What's going on? And it was someone that had broken my window and trying to nick my bloody my car stereo. I was like, so to me, we were shouting, going, oh, you fucking Brit, and all this, you know, running after him, going, <laughs> give me your CD player back, you know, and he'd obviously seen us, so we're running over this multi-story. My friend Gam was, um, so he was into, like, kind of heavy metal emo music, and he used to wear his trousers around kind of his ankles, or, you know, so, like, his, his ass was showing, sort of thing. So he's waddling like a penguin trying to go after him. I'm shouting, you know, hey, you, and all these, you know, C words and all that. Thankfully, he got scared by my, my alpha... 18 year old male self right and uh, he dropped the cd player uh, so he'd only run away with just the, the cartridge bit and thankfully it still worked now um gam got the bus home i had to wait for the police to come the police turned up and they did all their dusting for prints and all that and went no nah, mate there's no prints on here can't do anything about it and went oh thanks mate what am i gonna do about my window oh we'll, we'll sort that out for you and uh, obviously glass was all in my car and this man came I don't know who he was but he gave me a bin liner to stick in front of the window and I had to drive home uh, all the way for about half hour with this bloody bin bag flapping in the wind on the side of my car <laughs> and obviously my CD player just a bit broken so yeah and that was a bit of a that was a tough time a I think we've all time. had a, yeah. I think we've all had a car which has been cursed <laughs> I have had a car that's been cursed Every car, yeah. I have not had success in buying. Well, look, we 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 yeah. we're still we're still on we're cars. Still going on about cars. Shall I tell you my story? The yeah, one that yeah, I had scripted on. in my head. Yeah. Yes, go. So, so, as you both know, I'm a former soldier, and that that has a myriad of stories attached to it. However, I want you to picture. I'm in the first, not the first Gulf War, but the first tour. So it's Operation Telic. Telic stands for Tell Everyone Leave Is Cancelled. Operation Telic. Uh, we're we've just crossed the border from Kuwait into Iraq. We're just coming up to Nazria and we're setting up our radio detachment. We've been in this detachment for four or five days. Haven't seen any resupply, so we're eating all of these um, ready meals and all that type of stuff. And we're sat there and we're playing chess because all we're doing is manning radio stations. We set up a toilet, maybe 25, 30 meters away from our radio detachment, just a big bucket with a black bin bag. And all you do is you do your business in the black bin bag, tie it up and then put it in a hole and then bury it because it's just very sandy. So I'm sat there, got my rifle to the right of me. I'm sat on the toilet. I'm sat there and, it, and it's facing away from the detachment because you don't want to see, you don't want to watch people playing chess or doing whatever they're doing whilst you're having, doing a number two. So you're sat there. And I can see this figure coming out of the desert. Bearing in mind, when, if I said the word prisoner of war, you'd think you're bursting through doors, kicking the doors down, throwing flashbangs. Get down on the floor. No, this was a guy uh, with towel around his head clearly absolutely exhausted knackered had been in the desert for days but i'm sat there with my kecks around my ankles like finishing number two i can't shout because i don't want him to know that i've got other people there so i can't shout so i'm going guys guys <laughs> I, i'm trying to obviously i'm having a crap the guys are playing chess they all look up at me what what i'm going ah! This guy's walking out the desert with an AK-47 above his head. So at any moment, like I'm literally shitting myself because he could just decide, oh, there's about five of them coming now. So there's this guy and he's coming out the desert and he walks towards me. And then suddenly I hear these thundering footsteps where the other four guys have noticed this guy coming out the desert. They all start doing their what they're trained for. One runs around the side. One's, they're all pepper potting like, 
going towards the guy, get down on the floor, get down on the floor. And I'm just sat there with my kicks around my ankles, just going, shit. <laughs> but then I'm trying to pull my trousers up, trying to wipe myself, trying to tie the black bag, then pick up my rifle and run. That's the worst thing that I've ever experienced in my life. You'd expect, yeah. as a soldier, to be fully trained for any situation. I was not trained for that situation at all. I've never been so scared. Is, is that not on the curriculum now for the... Uh, the <laughs> no. <laughs> what to do right, when having a poo if a POW <laughs> approaches you. you know? yeah. Exactly. Bloody and hell, we kept, him, we kept him for We kept him for two days, fed him, watered him. I don't think we tied him up, actually. Um, just just your shit in a bag. Hold this. But we had, we had this. We had this. Um, so we we tried to. We had his AK forty seven, and we told the authorities. No, he didn't have any weapon, and we tried to disassemble it and shove it underneath our Land Rover and underneath our radio detachment, so that we could smuggle it back into the country, so that we could then like fill it with cement and then put it on the wall and say this is what we did as men. But I think as coming through customs, I think they do quite thorough checks and it wasn't there when we got the they get funny about that i mean that's another kind of thought process in itself isn't it? i, I th yeah. think you know I'm, I'm i'm now properly back on track of when things go wrong do, do you so you know even ricky I, I think i know your scripted story which i yeah. think you should still share in a second but do we think like is is right is it perspective? So is there is is it a thought process? Is it perspective? Is it choice on what you allow to affect you? Or now, don't, I think we have to accept there are things universally accepted that yeah. can go wrong, right? That are tragic, terrible, and everything else. Um, and and are we saying that that kind of small? I want to say small. I'm not. I don't want to do it any disrespect, but that that kind of ring fence is probably better to say than small. Now, yeah. ring fence example, as none of that has happened to us, we kind of have chosen as kind of individuals to go. Well, these things just happen in life, so you keep moving forward. You know, is is. Yeah, it's, it's how you learn from that experience, isn't it? You know, that there was a great metaphor I read recently about the the rear view mirror in your car. The rear view mirror shows you what's behind you. So the past is the past. It doesn't define who you Ricky, are. Ricky, Matt drives a BMW, mate. He doesn't know. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. I've got two sticks yeah. that come out of my steering wheel as well. I don't know what they do either. <laughs> <laughs> um, You've lost your that now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah, but the past is the past, isn't it? It, it doesn't... Don't get stuck up on it. You know, it, it's happened, but it's how you move forward from it. So when we those things go wrong... There's a lot of things that happen, isn't there? Like, I mean, when I was I had the car accident, the limbic part of my brain, that chimp is screaming, going, oh, your dad's going to kill you, mate. Your dad's going to kill you. And you're like, oh, no, oh, no, what am I going to do? You know, and I'm like, Paul, Paul, help me, help me. So, but it's, it's important to understand that things will go wrong, but there are some things that you can do, but it's how you learn from that experience. Like you, Alan, you've learned to uh, tie, I think, was it better or check it better? I learned, obviously, with my, uh, my metal case to actually fasten it correctly uh matt's learned to not take a shit when a you know pow is walking <laughs> when, when <laughs> think, yeah. but i think yeah. also yeah. so i'm quite well known for not getting stressed about things at all and i think that is one of the experiences that i've taken away so when you're in that highly stressed environment and you're sat there and there is a clear threat of death because this guy's got a weapon above his head actually when you've got a bill that's a week late and you're being screamed at because, oh, you need to pay this 60 quid. Actually, that doesn't really matter. And and things do go wrong. Sometimes you do forget to pay a bill. Sometimes you do forget to um, indicate when you're driving a BMW. So you don't need to <laughs> stress about the little things. And I think yeah. when you when you focus on the bigger stuff, and I think what you're saying there, Rick, uh, Alan, about the ring fence stuff, like 
things do go wrong. People yeah, do yeah. break the limbs. People do yes. like all of yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, obviously care about, but don't care about the little stuff. Yeah. And and nah. and and laugh about stuff that you've been through as well, because there's no other way to deal with it. Well, you I, think I, about I, the last I, twelve I, months with with COVID. Oh, sorry, Alan. Sorry. No, no, it's all right. Go uh, you know, with the last twelve months, when you think about everyone's businesses were destroyed. Um, you know, people started thinking, well, how am I going to earn money? But then on the opposite side of that was that people got to spend time with their family. People got to enjoy the finer things in life. And, you know, although, yes, it was definitely difficult, things went wrong for all of us, but there is an upside to it as well. But it's about, like you said there, Matt, it's that perspective. When, um, you know, well, I'll share my story in a little bit, but when that went wrong, what was the bigger point, you know, the most important thing was that I was alive and I'm breathing, you know, so... There's nothing more better than that, is there? So whatever else is a bonus, and it's about looking at things in perspective. Family's safe, I'm healthy, I'm breathing. It's not really that much of a big deal, is it? And and I think there's a big thing on that, Ricky, on like hindsight is a wonderful thing. I've got a couple of thoughts on everything you guys say. So one is, I think that perspective, you can help your own perspective. So not just choice, right? You can choose to do so. And we all have the power of choice. It's about the only thing we actually have the power to do in the world is to choose, right? So we can choose whether we let things upset us or not, but we can help those choices by perspective. So I've got a loose gun-related story. I wasn't in the army. I'm a true believer that us civvies will never ever truly understand what you you kind of soldiers have to go through right i just don't think we'll ever understand that but when i was traveling through guatemala on a chicken bus and some <laughs> gu- yeah, they're called chicken buses in guatemala hold on hold on this is serious i just this like, how, serious. You've gone, I like yeah. how you've gone from we'll never understand no, the we depths of mental stress that you go through I, however i, I was in guatemala believe. on a chicken bus no no we won't but, but we got we got the bus got pulled like that's their local buses and the bus yeah, got yeah. pulled over by with guys with guns right and and all, all the men got taken off and i'm there with three girls hello and i got taken off the bus right and they're they're basically checking all the men with these guns. And I'm thinking, I'm the one most likely to be get shot right now. I'm kind of a foot taller than everyone else and clearly not a local. And, um, you know, and, and I didn't. Hello, I'm still here. And um, and everything else. But for me, that's just a story I tell down the pub, right? And, and mm. Or I tell on a podcast with two guys. But, but yeah, these, these kind of experiences we have, never going to understand what you've been through, Matt. Uh, these experiences we have help you with your choices. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that, yeah. you know. So well, it's, it's that past is the past, isn't it? It makes you who you are. It doesn't define who you are. It's made you to, to the point you are right now, but it's not the destination. It's just a part of that journey, isn't it? So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, though? Because I think some people, they wear that victim T-shirt when things go wrong they can get really hung up on it, really hung up to the point where it will drain them physically and their mental health-wise as well. Like, when I had my... Shall I just share my story with that? I had a bit of context, yeah. on not it, about the laptop? Yeah. So uh, some of my friends will know this, but a couple of weeks ago, my laptop just packed up. Now, there's a lot of things that ties into this. I guess uh, 12 months ago, I obviously lost my business, obviously COVID, like many people out there. And for the last four or five months, I've been really... I guess successful. I've been, you know, living off magic, which I'm very grateful for. And I've been in the online space. My laptop died in the week I had six shows. My behavior was terrible. I was erratic. I was a a knobhead to Danielle, I think. You know, I was just, oh my God, you know, woe is me. Oh my God, what have I done? You know, this is not fair. Life's terrible. You know, and it, it really wasn't a big, big deal. It was just the case of, Ricky, your laptop's broken. But there were some key things here that I think we'll have to probably discuss on another episode, which was about beliefs. A big thing for me was the the money belief. 
you know, it was, I haven't earned money in six months. I'm now earning money. If I now cancel these shows, I'm not going to earn money. So that limbic chimp was like, Ricky, this is bad. You're a failure. Oh, no. And that drove that behavior for me to respond in that way. When I then kind of sat down realizing, right, I can't control any of this, can I? It's gone. What can I do? I can't do anything about it. I send a message to my friends, uh, two friends, Alan and uh, Matt, said, get a bloody Mac. <laughs> right? And I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, okay, solution. Yeah, yeah. We're men, straight into solution mode. Straight get a Mac, sort it, Ricky. Mode. Stop moaning. Yeah, yeah, stop on moaning. The get on with it. Yeah, yeah get on with it. Get on with it. But for me, it was just like, oh my God, you know, and I, I reached out to a couple of friends and he said, oh, Ricky, I've got a laptop you can use. I went, really? Thank you. But my head didn't think, oh, who's going to help me? Because it was just all victim t-shirt. Oh, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. But then when I had that hippo time, like Paul McGee says in Sumo, it was just a case of, right, okay, it is okay to feel What's crap hippo and time? feel rubbish. Sorry, I don't... Yeah, oh, sorry. You're yeah, well yeah, more... Yeah. Like, I don't read any of these books. You yeah, need to tell yeah. us about all this. Tell so hippo, hippo time. time is basically when things go wrong and you respond in a bad way. Hippo is like a hippo wallowing in the mud, just wallowing you know, being miserable, fed up and things like that. And the point of the fact is that it's okay to be upset, to be, you know, pissed off when things go wrong. The real thing is to not do it forever. As he says, you know, um, the wallowing is not your destination. It's just part of that journey. It is okay to be pissed off and miserable like I was, but not for a long time. It's temporary. So have that moment, get annoyed and then do something about it. And then all I did was after I was, going, oh, yeah, you know, like this. I just said, right, okay, I'm going to crack on. And what did I do? I ordered a Mac. Way! Well, hey! Yeah, you know, sorry. Um, yeah. Listeners, Ricky has ordered a Mac. We told him to do this probably five or six weeks ago. He's still not using it, right? He's still yeah. using the borrowed laptop. <laughs> He's had the Mac for a week or so. He's still yeah. not using it. Yeah, Feel okay. free to send Ricky some abuse on the socials, please. Thank you. Ricky Lock yes, Magic. Thank you. At Ricky Lock Magic. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. And if my friend is listening to this, I don't think he knows that I'm using his laptop. So thanks, Alan, for sharing that. So thank you. Um, <laughs> you <anyway. did> that. <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's the point of like perspective. What what was the main thing going on? Yes, my laptop it broke. It felt like it was in the world. But what was the real thing? I was alive. I was breathing. I've got a roof above my head. There's food on the table. There are far worse things going on in the world. People are dying right now. There's a global pandemic. And I'm moaning how privileged I sound that my laptop has broken. And when I got off that high horse, I just thought, right, you know what? I can't control this, but what I can control is my response, you know? Sorry, sorry, Ricky. I may be privileged with my Mac, my, la my laptop being broken, but I'm going to solve yeah. it by buying a MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No. But, but it's I mean, the thing, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's you've got to choose how to respond to that in the right way. You know, what could I do? I couldn't control any of it. All I could control was, yes, I did buy a MacBook, but that was because I earned some some work from it, which which helped out. But I just chose to respond my behavior in the right way. But yeah. But there's also a thing here, Ricky, about comfort in numbers. So the, the media mm -hmm. perpetuate this world of things always going wrong. So people think things are going wrong. People are talking about things going wrong. And we get into this, it's okay not to be okay, which obviously it is okay to not be okay. But it's okay not to be okay and things going wrong and woe is me all of a sudden becomes cool and becomes socially acceptable because everyone's talking about it. It's being led by the media and everything else. So Emily um, and I, well, mainly Emily, because she does these 
sort of lives when we do them on Instagram. She did something about actually it's okay to be okay. It's yeah. okay yeah. to be positive. Yeah. It's okay to kind of go shucks that happened, but I'm going to move on from it and kind of you know buy a MacBook to solve it and everything yeah. else. So it is okay to be okay. Have you ever invented yeah. a reason that you needed to buy something knowing that you didn't need to buy something? I'm just going to share my example. I've bought a drone. I don't need a drone. I don't. I don't. I've, I think I've used it about six times. But when I created the reason behind needing this drone, I sold it to everyone. My wife was sold on the fact. Yeah, we need a drone. Have you ever invented a reason? Like I'm talking from a privileged perspective again, because you've gone out and bought a MacBook, and you clearly had a need and a reason for it. But have you bought something that you didn't actually need, but you just created a reason why you needed it? Yeah, I, I guess. The, Alan's looking yeah. around the entire room. Yeah. <laughs> what do well, I, I choose think, first? Yeah. <laughs> I think, that, well, we do because I think social media does this, doesn't it? It portrays that you are inadequate in life. You see all these wonderful things of people having drones and things like this. And it makes you feel inadequate thinking, well, I think I need that to be like that person. And it's a damaging world, isn't it? Because you see all these influences and all this in the world where people get quite hung up on it, don't they? You know, Is that why um, you bought but, your ukulele, yeah. Ricky? It's true, yeah. That was a lockdown project that did. <laughs> so, for listeners that are so listening, so this is the um, invented reason. It's a lockdown yes. project. I need a ukulele. Yes. Well, no, it was a want. I wanted it. I really wanted it. Um, but I'm I just a big found believer. Out I wasn't you know, good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think need. Yeah, Matt. Matt, I don't disagree what you're saying. I think we all do this, and that perhaps why you're in sales and a sales coach because you can do those things. Um, but I think sometimes people go down the need it when actually, as Ricky said, it's okay to want something. We're yeah. not on this world for a long time. It's okay to do things that are just going to make us happy, you know. And as long as they're yeah. not the detriment to anyone else or yourself, it's okay. It's absolutely okay to do something you want to do once in a while. Love that. Well, you know what, uh, Alan? A great friend of mine, Lee Horton, um, Yes, we said that. Yeah, bloody hell, yeah. yeah. So I was trying to rack my brain thinking, I don't think I've got a friend called Lee. And I have, yeah. So Lee came onto my <laughs> um, my Unlock podcast. Lee's going to be ago. grateful for that. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> Lee, I even know who you are. I'm a friend of yours on LinkedIn. You did a great poll recently. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, he had a great story, you know, a bit of a sad subject where his friend died. But his friend said, like, before he died, I've got three life lessons for you, uh, Lee, which is be always be yourself make great friends and great connections and live your life because time is limited. So what you were saying there, Alan, absolutely go do the things that make you happy. You know, uh, it's important, isn't it? You, you're on this uh, for however long. When that goes back to that perspective, when things go wrong, what if, this is going to sound really morbid, but what if we passed away tomorrow? Would you be happy? You know, by that, if, if I had passed away that day after the Mac, I would have had complete regret knowing that I was a twat. <laughs> you know, I was a, a, a a horrible person, erratic person. But if I'd have known that that was my last day on earth, would I have chosen a different response? Of course I would. So I'm sorry to add a serious tone, but it's about putting things into perspective, isn't it? When no, things I'm, go I'm, wrong, what's the perspective here? I, 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 well, no, I told, sorry, Matt. Go on, mate. No, I've got a perfect story. To, and it, again, I said every single anecdote will involve my mate Lee, but I've got a perfect story that will go with this, with this whole tone. Um, so I want you to picture this. So I, this is probably... I think it's eight or nine years ago now. Uh, so I was single. I wasn't with my current partner. Um, I was out on the dating scene and I, I text my mate Lee and said, mate, I need to see you. We need to talk about, I can't remember who it was, but it was some girl at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. So I've texted him and I said, I need to see you. It's a matter of life or death. I need to speak to you. 
uh, and Lee and I have been mates since we were 16. So I go around to his house and we're sat in the garden uh, and his partner's there. His partner's uh, seven months pregnant, eight, nine, eight months pregnant. And we're sat there and we're having a cup of tea. And then my, my mate Lee just clutches his chest and he's like this. And he's, and we're, so it's eight or nine years ago. So we're probably early thirties. And he's clutching his chest and then he starts breathing. <gasps> and he falls to the floor. So literally he is dying in front of me. So he's having a cardiac arrest. Now we know it's a cardiac arrest. But he, he was having this cardiac arrest, which is really funny because I've texted him saying it's a matter of life or death. So being military trained, and this is quite a somber story, and I, I get that, but there is a good ending to it, so don't worry. So being military trained, I jump straight into action. I start doing CPR, chest compressions, um, breathing for him. We call the ambulance. Uh, the, the paramedics on the phone or the, the emergency handlers are counting me and going, right, do this chest compressions. One, two, three. I'm there for 25 minutes doing this. And, uh, and all of the thoughts are going through your head. And in the back of your head, you're thinking, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I've got to keep going. It's not going to work. Then suddenly you feel this massive sense of relief as the paramedics flood in. They're hitching them up with um, drips. They start getting the, the blowy thing where you put, squeeze the blowy thing. So I move from chest compressions because my arms are absolutely knackered to the chest compre- uh, to the blowy thing. You do that. Then they bring in this like doctor arrives about 10 minutes later with this massive machine, which they slide a board underneath him, screw in these two bolts. It's got a massive machine. I'm doing the actions so people who are watching on YouTube can see. But it's got this massive machine which sort of encapsulates his chest. And it's just a massive machine which just goes boom, bang, 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 bang on his chest to do the chest compressions. Um, So that's 45 minutes before they get him into the ambulance. They get him into the ambulance, take him to um, the local hospital in Portsmouth. I think it's the QA. So he's in hospital. They put him into an induced coma. Thankfully, three days later, he comes around from the induced coma. No brain damage, though some would say that he had brain damage before. So no brain damage. He's perfectly fine. And that is an immediate perspective about what is important in life. Because you're sat there having a cup of tea, and my best mate, and he's still my best mate, uh, just dropped down dead in front of me. And thankfully, he's here today. He's got a little pacemaker in his chest. But that immediate perspective, and thankfully, his son was born uh, two months later, he's taken my name as his middle name so he's billy matthew so and all of that has led to me believing do you know the famous mark twain quote you're you're born that you there's two two things you're putting this earth for the uh, i can't remember the quote but it's the second one is about when <laughs> yes. yeah. that was such a profound very famous <laughs> quote. yeah very famous quote but when you there's something about when you realize what you're born for and and you're what you're put on this earth for and i believe that that was it that moment when I saved my best friend's life, um, he, he'll never forgive me for breaking three of his ribs, but he's still here. So it, it's yeah. that, but it's that yeah. immediately like whoo, perspective about what's yeah. important. And I remember driving home from the, from his house because he'd gone to the hospital, driving home from, well, we sat in the hospital for about um, two hours with his mum and dad. And his mum hates me because when he left, he joined the Navy. There's loads of anecdotes out of this, but he joined. He went off to join the Navy. He only lasted six weeks because he was a raving alcoholic. Um, but before he left, I bought him a chop, top shelf. So his mum always believes that I got him into alcohol because I bought him the top shelf of the alcohol uh, on, before he went to the Navy. So his mum never, never likes me. Now she cannot stop raving about me. She loves me. So all of that, I remember driving home in a daze from the hospital thinking, what the, what's just happened? Like, not knowing who to call, like, you're just like, and then I remember waking up and I had to go to work the next day. And I'm like, what's it all for? What, what's the point? What's it yeah. all for? Just sat in bed. Yeah. just like, and not It's all irrelevant, isn't it? It yeah. does all become irrelevant. 
yeah. it comes down to that fact, isn't it? Are you really living your life? And, you know, when you think about that perspective of when things have gone wrong for you two and for me, there are people that I've lost in the last year that would love, I'm sure, they, they died of Parkinson's and cancer, I'm sure that they would love to swap with me right now, even though I'm bloody moaning about a bloody insignificant laptop, I'm sure they'd love to swap with me right now to still be here with their family. And that yeah. is the real perspective, isn't it? It's powerful, isn't it? it? Is. Yes. I, have to, I have to just say, as I'm, I'm an overthinker. I talk about this every now and then, like a proper full-on overthinker. Like before you've even thought about it, I've thought about it a thousand times in every possible way. It's just part of my character. And it's a part of that is I quite regularly think about if I was on my deathbed, what would I be regretting, thinking about or not? And, and literally... All the things I worry about or argue about with Emily, in my wife, sorry, uh, if I was on my deathbed, they would not even factor in. You know, like you said, Matt, about your £60 credit card bill or or whatever size bills you've got, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah, they, they just, I mean, the problem is we live in this world where they're kind of put in front of us for, for almost hurdles to overcome and these hurdles get bigger and bigger. So yes, there is an element of you have to deal with the hurdles coming at you, but it's almost they're more they're more society more led rather than actual yes. emotional. That's it, yeah. yeah emotional agreed. drivers. It, it, yes. it feels like a full circle, isn't it? We, we've yeah, because you're absolutely right. It's how social media and um, social society makes you feel, doesn't it? You know, and that's why those little things. Oh, I haven't got that, so maybe I need to worry about that. But look, guys, I think that we could talk about this for a long time. I think we might have to title more episodes about cars and uh, the uh, 90s. Matt having a poo. Yeah, Matt having a poo. <laughs> uh, but anyway, look, I've got loads of stories as, about as having a poo. Uh, <laughs> I've got loads of stories. I've got about actually, I've actually you got haven't got loads of stories about me having a poo, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I've got stories about throwing poo in a bag. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's for another podcast. But anyway, um, look, for everyone listening, thank you for listening. If you are still listening to this and listening about Matt having a poo, me losing my spare time, Matt and Alan running down the hard shoulder in his flip-flops and his bright yellow T-shirt, then thank you for listening. But anyway, at the end of each episode, we will share three takeaways from this episode. So I'm going to pick Mr. Alan Braithwaite. What's your oh, takeaway? Man. I was secretly hoping it wasn't going to me. So I got to do three takeaways, or am I doing one and uh, it's we'll three do one between each. us? Let's do one each. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah look, I, I, do you know what? My, my takeaway is going to be today, it's kind of twofold, so I could have done two or three. Um, look, I'm a big believer in choice. We have the power of choice, but you may need to do some thinking or research to support your choices, like if that makes sense. So it might not be as simple as going, I'm going to choose to do that today. You might need to go through a bit of kind of planning prepping thinking to enable you to make that choice but we have the power of choice choose when you're able to love that thank you and mr matt king what is your takeaway i've got kind of twofold as well the first is to never ask alan to transport something for me in a car uh, that's the first because <laughs> yes. because it will end a disaster the second one is um sweat the big stuff not the little stuff uh the big stuff is what matters you're returning a broadband hub to Sky, which is the bane of my life at the moment, uh, is never going to, like you said, Alan, it's never going to factor on my deathbed. I'm never going to, I'm never going to lie there and my final breath is, please return the Sky broadband hub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to say it. Yeah, so. what was Matt's final thoughts? Oh, it was about Sky. Oh, really? Sky oh, broadband! Yeah. What, have they got yes. an offer on? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Nicky, what's yours, mate? Yeah, so my, mine's twofold as well. There we go. I've, I've joined the trio. Yeah, it's, it's similar to what Alan was saying. I, I think the first thing for me is to think about perspective. You know, 
reframe the situation. What's going on? What's the bigger picture here? Not just that short-term thing of your, like your laptop going wrong. What's the bigger picture? And yeah, as Alan said, really, it's a choice. You know, things will go wrong and that's fine. You know, um, it's just how you respond to it. So make a choice. If you need to have like a, a day on Netflix to be pissed off when things go wrong, then that's fine. But just it's temporary. It's as Paul McGee says, it's not your destination. It's just a bit of a detour, but get back onto it and make a choice. And that, guys, I think is the end of our episode. So thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, leave us a review, hit a five-star rating. That will really help us get this podcast out to more listeners. Guys, did you enjoy the episode? I yeah. did. Have I got to do that when yeah. I host then? That kind of... That was just natural and seamless, Ricky. It's uh, it's because I'm a podcast professional, Alan. <laughs> podcast We've also got... We'll, the, yes. we'll, be, we'll also have videos everywhere as well, won't we? Like on our yeah, socials yeah. and YouTube and that type of stuff. So On the socials. We'll, we'll work it all out. out. We'll work it yeah, all out. Yeah, we're working out. Anyway, look, guys, sorry, I'm going to press... Um, we better press stop, really, aren't we? So, guys, thank you for listening. Um, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. Um, I'm going to say goodbye from Ricky Locke. Goodbye uh, from Matt bye King. Bye, everyone. Oh, bye, bye. from Alan. <laughs> <laughs> bye, See you Alan. next week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, bye everyone.